0: Gaming is one of the biggest things in the world. We know this. And just recently, Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, the makers of Call of Duty and World of Warcraft, in a stunningly eye-watering $68 billion deal, the biggest ever in gaming or tech. But it's good news for South African gamers. And here to talk to us on Stuff's podcast are the head honchos, the makuluwas, of M-Web, Manalisa Mavusa, the CEO, and Derek Kaler, the Head of Connectivity, and we have been talking about what a radical change this may bring for the gaming industry that Microsoft has bought such an iconic game maker. It has made it the third largest company in terms of revenue behind Tencent and Sony, and it's a it's a whole new world, isn't it? Firstly, hello, Manalisa. Hello, Derek. Hello. Hey, Toby, how are you doing? Good. So it is a whole new world all of a sudden, and and gaming is still the most exciting thing anyone can do on the planet online. Absolutely.
1: I mean, I think the news of Microsoft uh, buying Activision Blizzard, it's unbelievable. It's such a huge transaction. I think it's a massively important transaction. And I think, I mean, already um, we know that, you know, gaming is almost a $200 billion global industry, it's much bigger, a few times bigger than music and film uh, combined. So it's quite exciting to see the likes of Microsoft
0: stepping into that, yeah? and it, I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Because their Xbox is one of the great devices of, of platform gaming. And more and more, gaming is a cloud business, isn't it? And Microsoft is the second largest cloud computing business in the world, hey, Derek?
2: Yes, for sure. Um, definitely. The, the Xbox is definitely a, a, a front-runner or definitely a, a dominant player. Um, we also see, obviously, Microsoft wanting to get their gaming on other platforms, not just on Xbox, um, and uh, on mobile devices, on anything else. So cloud gaming is very important to make that happen.
0: It's a fascinating way that gaming is moving from... The traditional places it used to be played you know in a in a lan environment with lots of other ardent gamers you play all through the night in in the dome which is no longer available for such things and now because of the the, the advance of broadband all of a sudden you've got a pretty fast land speed connection at home and uh, and it's no longer the, the the reserve of consoles or uh PCs that can be played on any device.
1: I mean, that's um, the exciting thing for us from an MWeb perspective, Toby. You know, I mean, we're proud of the fact that we're still the leading ISP in the country. We've got a long history mm-hmm. in gaming. Yes. Um, you know, you talk about the Dome and events like Rage, etc. We were there at the very, very beginning. We've hosted gaming tournaments, launches, events. And, you know, we continue to host local gaming servers. We continue to host gaming servers locally, for some of the really big titles. So it's been quite exciting for us. Uh, We think gaming is hugely important. We've got the network for it. You know, uh, low latency, low ping rate and stuff. So the experience is great and we continue to Invest against making sure that people can have the best experience on our network.
0: That is the thing, isn't it? An on-network gaming experience is infinitely better. You don't have to be in the same land, but if you're in the same ISP as your friends, there is a bit of advantage to that, isn't there, Derek?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that fiber actually plays a huge part in that because now we have more homes connected to fiber. It's unlocked the ability for for gamers to create content. Um, connect with friends, stream online, and also download um, um, the game files. As you know, game files are like over 100 gigs.
0: Jeez. I remember one day mm. saying to my nephew, um, back when I still can you believe it had capped fibre, and I said to him one day, um, "Don't worry, that you know fibre at home's uncapped." And he and he he reinstalled the game on one of his consoles. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> you know, like 50 gigs." Pew! But that's the world, isn't it? You know, we we suffer the connectivity problems in Africa, but this is really where the future of, and let me make that really clear, the future, I can't say why I did that, but the future (laughs) of gaming is online and fast. And and even though we don't have the connectivity in Africa, we're getting there. You know, I, I often feel... Like I'm part of the internet 1%. I have a 100 meg fiber line up and down in my house. In Johannesburg, I've been overseas before COVID, where actually I had faster connectivity in Johannesburg than I did in places in Europe, places in America. You know, that's, I, I couldn't get over it, you know, and I, and I, and that's why I joke about the internet 1% because all of a sudden, you know, as predicted, Manalisa, I had this conversation with you, I don't know, Two or three companies ago and 10 years ago about how much different things would be when there were more undersea cables and there was more fiber and here we are we're like living in the future you know it feels like 2019 we just don't have to stay locked in like 2020. (laughs) Completely
1: I mean if you think about it um, you know that internet one percent we shouldn't we shouldn't underestimate I think quite a lot of uh, the advancements that we've had, even within our region. You know, I mean, I was talking to uh, some of the uh, mobile guys on LTE and stuff, you know, and they were talking about testing speeds of like 600 megabits per second. We can deliver on our network already. And if you ask me nicely, maybe I help you. We can deliver up to one gigabits up, right? Right. Um, and, you know, that's an amazing speed to be able to work with. It's,
0: it's just insane. But here's the thing, Tom. I mean, 100 megs is just amazing. So, so you know, it, it, here we are. We are having the kinds of connectivity that let us do what people in high broadband countries do. How do we get it to everyone?
1: Here's the other fascinating thing, um, I think. You know, what we've seen, Speed has been important. So firstly, I mean, m pioneered uncapped internet in South Africa. You know, I remember back when m came up with this, I was at another telco and we had a complete fit that how the hell could they do this? But they did because I think, you know, somehow people had seen into the future that this is what would be required. So A, what we've seen, obviously uncapped internet is better. Um, our internet is, you know, unthrottled, is secure, all of that stuff. But here's the thing. You know, the amount of data that and the amount of bandwidth that typical households are chowing, even at speeds of like 25 megabits per second, is insane. With one of the FNOs we work with, we're starting to see averages of people like a regular household, maybe mom, dad, two and a half kids, you know, they are chowing over 200 gigs of data per month because it is uncapped. Yeah. There's so many devices yeah. that are chowing the data.
2: So can you, you can also see the fact that it, the people gain going digital. So these mm. people are buying copies of games because it's quicker to download it on, on a fast internet connection. Um, mm. I take it myself, if I want to play a game, is it quicker for me to go to the shop, buy it there, or just to download it and play it straight away?
0: Mm. I suppose ultimately the broadband industries, a, a huge chunk of it is going to coalesce around uncapped. There's there's no way to get around it. I mean, I had a 300 gig a month cap on my line, and it, it was it was fascinating to me that we we hit our cap. It was quite funny. I had to phone the ISP um, and say, <laughs> I say, you guy, and the guy's are like, I'm sorry, sir, you've hit your cap, and it was like the 29th of December, and it was is so novel I, I felt like I was back in like 2003 but all that had significantly changed in my household is that we moved on to a 4k mm. Netflix account and 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 that's the only thing at the end of the day that I can work out because I was just curious like how did our patterns change also my nephew came around and rebuilt his Windows PC that month so um, <laughs> there was a couple hundred gigs but but it but really it, it got it got to a point and I thought, I thought I'd kind of waxed not having uncapped, but actually that's the world we live in. It's, you know, it's improbable. Uh, we had it for maybe the first year of fiber at Stuff's offices, um, and then we moved on. It's just if you are playing games or streaming video or streaming music or doing just about anything that we do all the time, the best solution is, is an uncapped one. Am I doing your marketing for you? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Quite a few years ago, I'd sat with some really smart consultants in, um, in Switzerland who were talking about the number of devices per household in Africa projecting into the future. And they were sort of saying that, look, you know, the way they see it, you know, into times like 2020, the sort of average mid to high income household in Johannesburg in South Africa is probably going to have at best like four connected devices. You go look at the data now and you profile that, it's actually in many instances
0: more than twice that, you know? Well, each person has four devices, right? Think about it. Smartphone, computer, yeah. smartwatch, or fitness tracker. You know, mm-hmm. I've got two computers on my desk and a tablet. I've got a camera connected to the internet. I mean, that's, you know, that's in my Understanding that's what like most people in my industry would have, you know, that kind of connectivity or those many devices. Every kid now has a, a some kind of device if their parents can afford it, and that's yeah, that's their interface with the world. So at one level, you've got this sort of growth in fiber
1: and the quality and the speeds. At another, I mean, remember that Africa, uh, particularly South, I mean South Africa, it still is the biggest gaming market in the continent. Yeah, South Africa has a more penetration. Um, of, you know, 113 or so percent, you know, because of the multiple devices, et cetera, et cetera. And the second part is that, you know, over the last couple of years, the move from feature phones to smartphones that are able to do a whole lot more stuff has been quite, I mean, phenomenal to say the least. And the gaming and the services that have come on top of that have absolutely driven the market to, you know, To Derek's point, that can you believe you can play Call of Duty now on a mobile device, yep. on a smartphone?
2: I think the next thing is probably seen is, is cloud gaming. And uh, definitely, if, if our customers can't get to play and stream games online, then they'll be very frustrated. So we definitely have to make sure that customers are able to do that when it comes
0: I mean, to- I, I'm almost embarrassed to tell both of you that my personal game of choice is my young... <laughs> but i really like memory games <laughs> and we used to play it as like as kids with cards with pieces of paper so I, I i mean there's a there's a real you know there's that like boarded work became board in queue as the shift from desktop to mobile happened you know along came buzzfeed and catered to that now you know it's you don't do it for the boredom. You do it for the joy. You know, oh, I've got like five minutes. I mean, just before you guys I call this morning, I had you know a couple of minutes, fifteen minutes, and I and I and I read. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's 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 such a nice change of pace. I took out my Kindle. Or I'm testing a new Kindle, and I read some stuff on it. You know, I, I often find I used to, you know, I, every now and again, I'll just play a game of, of my young. It changes your brain chemistry, it refreshes your brain, you know, same way that I love to cook because it's something so on the other hemisphere of my brain. Where And a little a, a little game here and there in my mind is very good at, at, at keeping your brain active. I don't do Sudoku because I don't speak maths as a first language, (laughs) but I hope hope my young is as good as keeping my brain elasticity going. Yeah. (laughs) Look, I think, you know, whichever game, uh, it's interesting. I
1: mean, some of the other projections that we see, the gaming, video game industry in South Africa is always rumored to be at about 4 billion rand, or just below that, per annum. And, I mean, it's got some good growth prospects. I think some of the projections point to, That being able to be close to five and a half or five billion in the next 12 to 18 months. And that's big, you know, that's
0: absolutely big. Um, So we're quite excited. I don't know what you mean i think the word is probably huge (laughs) you know coming back to your points mannalisa earlier gaming i think it's a 180 million dollar business yeah um i wrote the story this week so i hope my memory serves right but Mm. what's fascinating is that it's always been much larger than the the hollywood industry and now it's multiple times larger you know and and it's Mm. You know, you go see a movie. I mean, when I studied film theory at varsity twenty years ago, it was a movie was ninety minutes. Now three hours is, you know, the first part of three parts. Yeah. But a game is a hundred hours. You play Call of Duty, you can play for several thousand hours, you know. A game experience is hours and hours and hours. It's a, it's a franchise like Call of Duty that can you can play for 10, 15 years.
1: How mind-blowing is this as far as the future and opportunity of gaming is concerned? Um, Netflix have been sort of been on the edges and periphery of this gaming thing. They put together a team uh, last year sometime to actually build out their gaming proposition for Netflix that's just going to create an even more dynamic and exciting market. So that's quite amazing that, you know, when you start
0: to see that happening as well. Yes, indeed. In fact, just as an aside, my, um, we have a Netflix kids account for my son. If, if no one has one of those, amazing. You can specify the age group. You can specify which, which kids shows never show up like Power Rangers you think the original power rangers were cheesy the newest ones are like <laughs> unbelievably awful and too aggressive for small children in my mind but we, we came across mindspace the the app and they're doing the mindspace or calm i think it was calm and they're doing an interactive way of dealing with a meditation app through a television app now that's completely fascinating that, you know, that's a, that's an interface that just didn't exist, right? Mm-hmm. Like where will we get to a point where we can put on a Microsoft connect, a VR headset, some gloves, you know, mm-hmm. a plastic gun if we need to hold something. And there you are, you can have a, a, a virtual reality or AR VR gaming experience mm-hmm. um, in your own home. That's pretty cool.
2: And it's becoming more and more affordable nowadays as well. I mean, um VR, I think PlayStation is launching their VR too soon. Um, and Oculus is doing very well on its own. I think there'll be more players coming into the market that will create those experiences for for customers in the home. And it's going to become cheaper and it's going to become more popular.
0: One of the trends that, are, that, that there's a lot of discussion about is, you know, imagine you can create real-world equivalency for a Call of Duty game. So you could be in a skate park or a, uh-huh. a park and, you know, you could use VR glasses or you could just use your phone your phone, and you could, you know, you could be in a Call of Duty arena and whilst being in the real world, you know, it's... Uh, mm-hmm. the, the possibilities of gaming seem just remarkable. It's like sci-fi movies, isn't it?
2: I've also seen, I mean, on PlayStation, I've got a, I've got a VR myself and um, there's a chat group. I can't I can't remember what it's called now. And just to interact with people around the world in a virtual environment, it's just an experience on its own. Have you walked into any walls yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> my perpetual fear. No, but I have seen a couple of people following me. Just <laughs> very strange.
0: <laughs> so the future of gaming is very exciting and this Microsoft development really does add a lot of steam to an, a very exciting, hot industry already. And, uh, and it seems like the two of you are very excited by it. I'm extremely excited by it. And
1: I think, you know, there's one gap, and I was talking to um, a colleague and, and a friend who's uh, in one of the MNOs looking after gaming, that I think, so if you look at the continent and the age profile of the continent, we are well suited for what is happening both in connectivity and gaming. But one of the parts where we probably as, you know, ISPs and players in the space need to also start to think about is, you know, how do we help create the right environment, either through access to IP, um, you know, funding, et cetera, et cetera, to get more young people, not only in South Africa, but across the continent to get into the ecosystem from a design distribution, because it is such a massive industry. You know, I'm not even sure, not to be unfair to, you know, the powers that be, I'm not even sure if the gaming as an opportunity comes up in any of our sort of, you know, um, sovereign discussions, as it were, to sort of say, is there something we should be doing to support and progress this further? You know, we absolutely want to be able to find a way you know, to help grow that ecosystem because yeah. it's exciting for us. It's important for what we do. And it's definitely something that a lot of young people are absolutely interested in and plugged into. So that's got to be the opportunity for me in terms of part of the why, you know, it's because we can do that.
2: I think we're also for the different types of gamers out there, the guys that are creating content, we have to look after them. Guys that want to just interact with their friends and play online. We have to look after their needs. And also the guys that kind of want to stream um, and make a career out of it. Um, as MWeb, we've got to make sure we're capable of the variety of those games. <laughs> well,
0: thank you worrying about the connectivity so that us gamers can just worry about the game. <laughs> uh, Manelisa Mavusa, well done on your new job as uh, CEO of MWeb. Derek Mazeltov, uh, and good luck both of you. And uh, hopefully we'll be speaking again in the near future. You've been listening to The Stuff Podcast. Please subscribe and like us wherever you listen to it. Uh, our executive producer is Sally Hudson. My name is Toby Shapshak, And our director of audio is Hans Baumgarten. Please do like us and subscribe. It really does have an impact. Thank you.